take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Welcome to the Life in Red. And we're back. Finally, episode 12 of the Life in Red podcast with my good friend Madison. How Hi. are you? You're I'm good. Get, How are you? Gotta get, there you go, right up on the mic there. Okay, you mean I can't just yell here? Oh, no, like that, I, that's perfect I, right there. I do everywhere else in my life. Yeah, you're sounding a little, uh, the voice, the vocal cords sound a little tired. A bit used. Yeah. I could say. Um, we haven't seen each other in three months. September. 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 Early September. What have you been up to? All the things. Because you did lots of things. I did. And then you just text me one day and you're like, I'm back and dying. Hello, friend. I'm like, oh. Let's do stuff. <laughs> um, what were you away for? I can't remember. No, I do um, remember. But I want you to tell me. <laughs> So I was away with the first shift, which is a fun introductory program for young kids that have never been exposed to hockey before. They sign up, we get them actually fit for hockey equipment. So that's what our job is. We get them all fit for their gear. They get sessions on the ice and then hopefully end up joining into minor hockey. Interesting. So is this for like, uh, like underprivileged kids, people who maybe just be wanting to interest in the game first but before they sign up for a year? Like, what what's the crowd like? Mainly what we try and get across is more that it's just for people that haven't had the chance to try hockey, whether you're underprivileged or not. That doesn't really matter to us. It's just for people that haven't had the chance to play hockey before. For whatever reason that is, it makes it a really short commitment, right? It's only six weeks. A lot of people are mm. afraid to try hockey because it's a full year which is like eight to ten months. The equipment can be expensive. They don't really know how it all works. So it takes a lot of the fear away. It makes it really fun and really safe. So Interesting. So do you yeah. do, because you said equipment, so do you run the sessions as well? Like are you on the ice with them? Or is that someone's, like that's a totally different thing. Yeah. So basically the way that it sort of works is, so I work for Bauer Hockey, which is the equipment provider, and our main partners are Canadian Tire and Hockey Canada. And then what we do, so what our teams, we have five field teams out on the road. What our job is is we travel around city to city, communities, and we actually fit kids with the gear. And they're hooked up with the associations in their in their community already. Okay. So the community coaches mm. actually run the sessions. Interesting. Okay. Mm. Um, and do you like that? <laughs> I love it. It's so much fun. There's a reason I keep going back. Yeah, you get to travel um, a lot. Which I do. Is, I've pretty much seen great. everything west of Ottawa which is pretty unbelievable, and I've basically gotten paid to do it, yeah. so I can't complain. Um, they take very good care of us. They make sure you know we have places to stay. We have a food allowance, that kind of stuff. Uh, they'll suggest stuff in like certain areas we're in, like in Vancouver and stuff. Sometimes they'll try and hook us up with NHL tickets if they can. Yeah, you met the Red Wings. I remember that. We did. That yeah. was a different event, but that was really fun too. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it's unbelievable. It's such a cool program. I've been obviously involved in hockey for so long, and that's with like teaching and kids that are already mm -hmm. involved. So seeing it from the other side, as we like to say, um, is really exciting because you forget how new some of these people are. A lot of things that are second nature to people like you and me who yeah. know hockey inside and out. These people are like, okay, but what's a neck guard for? Right? Stuff like that where you're yeah. like, oh, that's right. Right? A lot of people are really new to it. Um they do a lot of research, and they have been since the program started about six years ago. And pretty much the stats are only like one in ten kids play 
minor hockey right now. That's so expensive. Yeah. I know that's one of the biggest things. Yeah, that is one of the biggest things, but a lot of them add up together too. So it's it's really expensive for something that potentially could take a long time. Yeah. Like I said, like September to March, April, May, depending on how long seasons are. Uh, It's very time consuming because there's travel involved. Ice time's expensive. So it can be a very expensive sport, but we're trying to kind of take that stigma yeah. away from it. Like I, It also depends how high you get. I exactly. mean, minor hockey, it's expensive, but like it's Compared nothing Compared to like, the kid that's going to play AAA and his parents are going to buy him top-of-the-line gear every yeah. year, very different price point. I wish that, yeah. I remember <laughs> when I first bought my first set of pads on my own that wasn't for my parents, and I, I cried. Yeah. I like bought the cheap one and it was like seven hundred dollars. Yeah, you're like I'm gonna get the cheap one. You're like, oh, cheap uh, is still very expensive. And then like this, even the sticks alone, like two or three hundred dollars, and then you just that's see top them break. of the line though. Is it? Yeah, you like, can get sticks for like a hundred bucks. Yeah, my first one was a wood stick from um, Canadian Tire. Yep. I didn't even. It's a place to be. Yeah. Um, Canada store. <laughs> for uh, how'd you how'd you fall into something something like that? Like, do they actually like? put it up on just like it's a regular job posting or is there like kind of specialty well the way that i found it i actually saw it on a post on facebook that hockey canada shared oh. um and then there was a link to a like hiring agency that we had to apply through um and i think the brand title was like brand ambassador uh for bauer i guess mm-hmm. is what they say it but essentially our titles are either fit manager or, or field manager or a fit expert and basically the only difference is is that the field manager does a lot of the background stuff. So that's what I do. We just send all the emails. We take care of all the shipments and things like that. We're sort of like the point of contact mm. for all of the communities. Um, but once we kind of get to the event, we all pretty much have the same job. So if someone wanted to, you know, was thinking about starting hockey or putting their kids in hockey, like what would you say to them to kind of get them pumped up or – you know, introduce them to this program? Like, how do they kind of find it? Like, what what's what's the navigation of, of working this through? Well, so our program, we have our own website. It's www.firstshift.ca. Uh, I'm actually leaving again in two weeks to go back out on tour. You didn't even tell me that. Sorry, January 7th, see you never. When were you going this time? Uh, I'm staying in Ontario oh. this, this year. I mean, I've gotten to go out west the last two times, so I don't mind staying closer to home. Mm-hmm. A little bit less travel time. Like last time we drove, last time I was out west in the winter, we drove from Winnipeg to Vancouver. So less events, more travel, lots of cool places to see, but depends on what mm-hmm. you want, right? More events generally means more money, which isn't a bad thing either. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, you can go onto our website, you can put in your postal code, and it'll tell you the event closest to you. We do have one in Ottawa on January 29th. I don't know if it's full, but we're always in Ottawa every year. Um, but otherwise, you can actually go to Hockey Canada, and you can, again, look up your postal code, and it'll tell you the closest hockey branch to you. Mm-hmm. So like for us, our governing body in Ottawa is, uh, at least for boys, it's Hockey of Eastern Ontario. Um, for girls hockey, it should still be ODWHA, which is Ottawa District Women's Hockey Association. Uh, and then they'll have all the teams within the city, mm-hmm. which, which depending on where you uh, live, okay. it works out. Um, I mean, if so, people who kind of grew up around hockey might know this kind of stuff, but I, I feel that like new families, maybe they immigrated to Canada or, you know, their first generation trying to start hockey. Like, is like, 
how do you get that message out? Because not everyone is just going to know, I'm just going to go check the website. Like, does the, 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 the association or the district help? Like, do you fly? Like, I'm just trying to wrap my head around, like, how people get this, this information and the start to actually, like, Are you talking about, like, it. first shift or hockey in general? I guess first. So they're different. They're mostly different. Then, yes. Right? Yeah. So first shift, um, sort of the chain of command and sort of how it works from, like, our perspective on the back end is um, Bauer basically and, and Hockey Canada open uh, association registration in, I believe it's February or March. So associations have to apply to host an event. Okay. Okay. And then once we give them the go ahead, we open registration to families. I believe the date is June 1st. Um, it does switch around every year, depending on how many programs we offer. Like we've been growing so much, even since I started the first year I was on tour, I think we had about 110, 115 events. Last year we had 150 and this year we're up over 200. Oh, wow. So, so as long as associations keep applying, I mean, there's not really a shortage. Yeah. Right? You like just need very, them to apply so it can happen. Very rarely will we say no, unless we think that they're not going to be able to get enough. Like as much as we would love to go to every single community, if we're only going to get two or three kids, yeah, logistically, it's tough. It's expensive. You do want to get there as much as you can, but we try and work stuff out. So a lot of the times, um, so like for us, we know that like when you play minor hockey, it's done by district where you live and you have to play within your area. For things like this, you don't need to be in the area. You can apply from like an out-of-towner, and mm. then that association that is running the event will get you in touch with whoever's in your community gotcha. um, through the, the boards and things like that that they have. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you do this, and I know you also uh, coach too, yes. like you work for the Ottawa Senators yep. programs. Yep. What made you, one, what made you fall in love with hockey, and then what made you want to transition in to this kind of coaching, getting new people involved in hockey type role, where I guess more of a leadership role model role. Yeah, um, I've played hockey pretty much my entire life. My dad played, my brother played. And when I was young, I pretty much wanted to do whatever my brother was doing, which Mm. is why I played hockey and baseball. And then eventually ended up dropping out of baseball. I was better at hockey, there was more opportunity there. Anyways, um, but I don't think like as a kid, you never really think about like, falling in love with the game right you're Mm -hmm. like oh i enjoy it for me i'm like well i guess i'm pretty good at it making friends seems like a cool thing to keep doing Mm -hmm. uh and the opportunity was there for me which i was really lucky for um but it wasn't really and then i kind of not that i fell out of love with it but the older you get and the more competitive it gets the more stressful it is Uh, and some days it's hard to still love the game because I would rather stay home and stay in bed or go out with my friends on a Friday night, but I had practice every Friday at 7 p.m. in Kempville for grades 9, 10, 11, and 12. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's tough. It's has been a love-hate relationship at times, uh, but I've I've gotten so much out of it. So it's more almost like a retrospective thing, being like I got so much out of the game. I have friends... Like, I have girls that I'm still friends with that I started playing with when I was, like, six or seven mm-hmm. that I'm still friends with now. Um, like, my parents have friends from hockey that they're, like, really close with now that they probably wouldn't have met otherwise. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's always been such a fun environment. I have so many friends mm-hmm. from different areas of the game. So now through, like, working at the Sens and things like that mm-hmm. and coaching, um, but just the community in general, I, I think it's a really fantastic place to be. 
um, there's a lot of a lot of connection and a lot of community, and we we try and help each other as much as we can. So things like the Humboldt bus crash, bus crash, mm-hmm. right? Like that was a really big community thing, and yes, it's like a big a news thing, but like the hockey community. Yeah. As, Same with the, the do it for Darren. Type yeah, thing. Like when the there's tragedy, like we all become family almost. Yeah, yeah, and you sort of forget about <clears throat> all the other like small nitty things that would normally on a regular day you wouldn't really think about. Yeah, sort of in situations like that, you sort of turn your eyes to what's more important right yeah. we all play the game because we love the game we're all involved with it because we love it and we want to give back mm-hmm. so i think that's the big thing that's kept me in it obviously i love it i'm i don't like to say i'm very good at it but i have a knack for it i guess i've always enjoyed teaching uh and i love working with kids which is where camps kind of came in always surprises me as well <laughs> <laughs> some days it's still a surprise to me i'm out and i'm like Ugh, kids and then i'm like wait a minute oh, that's I all like i do this. is work with kids <laughs> Um, so yeah, love hate relationship that way too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just I don't know. There's so many opportunities. There's so many fantastic, amazing people that I've met through yeah. the game. So since you started to where you are now, especially being in the women's game, do you see a growth in it? Do you see um, progression? Like, do you feel it's at a point where you know women's hockey is? I guess I wouldn't want to say like taking it seriously because I both think we don't know as terms of the world that it's not. Yeah. But do you think, you know, young women and girls are, are really enjoying the game and getting into it more and more? Do you see that? I mean, you're on the front line when anybody else, I think. Yeah, I think like from so when I started playing, I played boys hockey. Um, and that was just because that's I had an older brother. Yeah. And that was the easiest thing to do. And then when I was in Adams, I think it probably would have been seven or eight. My second year, I switched over to girls. And even then, I think we only had two or three teams in the city. Wow. Um, so it would have been like Nepean, Gloucester, and Canada, I would think. Mm-hmm. would be like the three areas. That's crazy. Um, and now you can go, I mean, and then moving through levels too. So like double AA, double B, and things like that. Varies a little bit from year to year. But now like the Nepean, Adam sort of tier can have like six or seven teams because mm. there's so many more girls playing so it it grew while i was still in it uh i don't think it was very big when i first started because i didn't hear a lot about it and there was girls on the boys teams that i would play against i think i was other than with the exception of one year i was only always the only girl on my team mm-hmm. which didn't bother me um but looking back you kind of realize that um it's really grown in i'd say the last 15 years or so now it's hard to to date it uh, to back when I was playing, but it's definitely getting bigger. And then now with the first shift stuff, we actually host girls only events. Oh, so with okay. women's associations, definitely not as much yeah, as yeah. like every other event would be co-ed. There's no male only, obviously. And very rarely do we have only boys. I don't think I've ever had an event where it's ever only been mm-hmm. boys. There's always girls involved. And you can see some of the parents are a little bit hesitant. And like a lot of the girls that are involved in the program and that I've worked with were like, no, I played boys hockey. Like it's, it's not a big deal, especially at that age, because they're all learning. Yeah. And a lot of it's skill development. They're not going out there and they're not playing games. They're all kind of doing the same stuff. They're all pretty much at the same level. So at that point, it's not a big deal. There's something to be said about playing boys hockey. I know girls that played a little bit later than I did that get different stuff out of it because we play the game a little bit differently, especially when you get older because there's no body contact, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, in women's hockey which I think turns a lot of people away. They're like, oh, well, it's not real. You're like, have you ever watched a women's hockey game? Yeah. Um, 
by by no means is there no contact. There's just no big open ice hits like there is in men's hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think is the biggest thing about growth, like, for the women? Like, I look back and it was, I don't know if it was, like, the Olympics and especially the, the string of, you know, gold medals the, the women put yes. together. I don't know if it's, I mean, that would probably be maybe on the top of my list if I'm thinking about it. Like, social media, just, like, how hockey is kind of, engrossed our whole media stream um kind of taken over you know like i know there was always hockey night in canada but now there's like full-on broadcasts for like every single hockey event mm -hmm. like what do you think like has gotten more women into the game is it women kind of getting more uh, uh like respect and and more opportunity when they didn't maybe in the the 80s or the 90s because it was maybe stigmatized yeah i think i think that's a big part of it i mean it it's slow, still slowly growing, but it's definitely growing. So, like, the gold medals would have started when I was, or when we were pretty young, I guess. I don't think I even remember the first one. Yeah, it was um, 98. I think so. So I would have been five. Yeah. And, like. I don't remember that one. I remember 2002, though. Yeah. That was, like, the first big one that I really remember watching. And I think it obviously takes time for the game to grow um, and to get more girls enrolled. Mm -hmm. And I think. A large part of that is because, like, even when I was young, there not a lot of girls played sports. Mm -hmm. Like, if their parents weren't overly active or they didn't have an overly active family, a lot of them would go either into music or, I mean, I did curl guides for a few years mm -hmm. and then sports took over. Yeah, dance, gymnastics. Um, yeah, yeah, so things like that. Not that gymnastics and dance are like aren't sports, but they're stereotypically mm -hmm. where a lot of parents put their young daughters in, right? So, and especially sort of in like the last 15, 20 years, because there wasn't a lot of girls playing sports, parents were like, well, I want her to make friends with girls, right? You wanted to be with yeah. other young girls her age. So putting her in boys hockey, I mean, maybe that's why I'm so aggressive as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> it's not necessarily the answer, but it's probably a contributing factor. Um, but like, again, taught me so much. It's sort of shaped my life now being mm -hmm. an adult, I guess. It feels weird saying that, but I am. Um, so I think that was like a lot of it was like when we were young. So in like the 90s, the early 2000s, it was like, well, do I want her to play sports? Do I want her to like, you know, quote unquote, go play in the mud with the boys and, and be rough? And parents think it's going to like turn their girls into, I don't know, tomboys, which to me isn't an issue, but maybe it is to some people. Yeah. And that's fine. It's not easy raising kids and trying to figure out what they want to do at mm -hmm. such a young age. Um, but it's definitely growing, like even internationally, like Japan now has a team yeah. in the Korea. Olympics. Korea, like there's so much yeah. more growth and it takes time because you need to develop them mm -hmm. and then really you won't see them until they're on the international scale. Yeah. Like there's like, I have friends that I played hockey with growing up that are playing in women's like leagues, like quote unquote pro leagues over in Sweden, Finland, whatever. Oh really? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's obviously not the same opportunity that the guys get. I have friends that play over there as well and it's very different, but it's still there. Mm -hmm. There's just not as much exposure. Well, even in North America, we have two women's leagues, the National Women's mm -hmm. Hockey League and the Canadian Women's Hockey League. Yeah. And, uh, like, it's one of my favorite games ever um, was, was it 2010 or 2014? What was the Marie-Philippe Poulin? That was 2014. Yeah, with the post. Like, the that's posts. one of the best hockey games I know. I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Like, I remember sitting in my basement by myself, screaming at the TV. Yeah, like, that was, like, 
more intense than I mean, 2010 mm. for the men's was also very intense. Well, but like yeah. that that game was one of the best. So it's it's I think people who don't watch it or maybe think it's bad hockey because like you said earlier, the the no body contact or something. It's it's played a little differently, but but it's still hockey. It's still fast. Yeah. Like, I mean, and if people are complaining about price points and stuff for NHL games, like you can go to a women's game for yeah. 20 bucks. I don't think we have one in Ottawa. No, I think uh, they're working on it. But Montreal has one. Montreal and has they're also one. very good. I remember they are. They, and um, Hillary Knight. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, too. I, I remember they're signing them last year. They didn't win, eh? They lost to the Calgary. And they had the, is there a China team too? There is. Oh, yeah. China. Mark, I don't remember what Markham they are. won last year. Yeah. Markham I'll, beat the Chinese. I just remember they have uh, Nora. Ratu, Ratty, Ratty, Ratu, no, Ratty, the goalie. She's like the Finnish goalie, and she's like oh, super small, yeah, but yeah, she's yeah, so yeah. good. I can see her in my head, but yeah. I don't know um, what her name is. So it's funny that there is, like, it is it's a good there. game, and it, it's it, there for sure. It's very, it's cost more cost effective economically mm. for people to go see if you just want to see a game. Most like, same with like junior hockey, and people, I, I don't know when we're going to get to the point where commercially where you know to have that as a viable option economically because i know i think it's the cwhl doesn't pay their players they don't have to i don't think like there's so much that changes it's hard to keep up with it all but that's been like the big thing recently between the two leagues so like the national women's and then the canadian women's um i think one of them just signed some kind of deal within like the last year that was to change that but for the life of me i can't yeah and which I one know, it is right I'm, now i'm not well versed in it but i know they talk about merging the two leagues mm-hmm. as well a lot and i know a lot of the uh, women i follow a couple of them on twitter and stuff like hillary knight and uh amanda castle um and they're they're for it yeah they seem to be for it so i'm more competition right should have like, done some more prep work for the podcast okay. i like, should have I, I should know but <laughs> I have enough stuff in my brain. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, do you, so you know, you grew up in the game. Uh, I know you know the game yeah. um, more than you know most guys I know. Like very in tuned with it. Do you find that you get the respect? Um, I see you shaking your head. <laughs> uh, no. That I think I think you've earned you. um, with your experience. Um, you know more than I do. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. You know, in certain you, areas. You could talk about the history of the game or certain players, whatever, but in terms of like skills and coaching and actually like the, the nuances of the game, like, yeah. yeah, you definitely know more than I do. That's well, because you're um, a goalie too. And I was, yeah, I was lazy. <laughs> I didn't want to learn a lot. You stuff. don't like skating, so you <laughs> stay in nets. Um, so, like, you know, do you find it difficult, like, if you're maybe leading a session or you said you're the manager, like the field manager, like, you're talking to a group of guys and stuff like do you find that difficult absolutely i mean at camp yes especially because for those of you that don't know me i'm like five three um but i have a very big loud voice and a very big personality so once i get comfortable (laughs) it's not as bad um and i don't i don't take a lot of crap you're feisty like i'll be polite but like if somebody steps over the line i will put you in your place especially at camp Mm -hmm. because i'm one of the older ones um, and like leading the session, like just because you're a boy does not mean you're better at hockey than me, mm-hmm. right? Which a lot of them, not so much anymore, but there's definitely a few of them that you can kind of get the vibe. They won't openly like out and out say it, 
but you can tell a lot of them are like, well, whatever. Like you're a girl. Like why do you, why do I care what you what you can do or what you say? Like I'm gonna mm-hmm. do whatever I want anyways. And you're like, all right, well, good for you. It's not gonna bother me any. But like even with kids, I find like a lot mm. of them. Not a lot of them. That's not fair to say. But there's definitely a handful of them that like I can recall that like not that they doubt me, but they almost like don't believe me when I tell them things. And they're kind of just looking at me. And they're like, yeah, okay. And you're like, no, like go go do what I'm telling you like I'm trying to help you get better mm-hmm. right like I'm not and a lot of it's like skill stuff so it's not like I'm trying to tell you how to play the boys game because mm-hmm. I saw playing when I was an Adam right there's certain things that I know that I have no idea about mm-hmm. because the game's a little bit different but things like skating and stick handling and shooting like pretty much the same mm-hmm. uh, across the game so it's stuff like that where they kind of like they'll brush me off a lot more look almost some of the older ones will talk back to me which Again, I put them in their place very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in those instances, normally, like, the guys that I'm working with are also on my side being like, hey, like, shut up. She knows what she's talking about. Like, she's here for a reason. It's, so. in, I, interesting is not the right word to use, but that, <laughs> that even at a young age, like, young children still brush you off and that, like, a guy has to come and confirm it. Yeah. Or be like, hey, no, she knows what she's talking about. You got to, like... That's that's weird because they shouldn't have like from from that age that right? mindset right? already right like you should just, that person's older than me I gotta listen mm-hmm. to what they're saying right and that's what you would assume but and like I don't know what it is you can't yeah. attribute it to like the parents to society to any one thing yeah um and it normally only takes kind of like one thing and I'm like I'm not the kind of person that's gonna go on the ice when I'm coaching and go 110 percent and like try and show off and be like yeah. hey everybody look at me like I don't. That's not why I'm there, um, unless I need to. Mm-hmm. And then because in if in the instance where they're not really listening or they think I don't know what I'm talking about, and it puts them in their place. Mm-hmm. So it's tough, though. Like, some days are very frustrating because mm-hmm. I know they don't listen to me or they don't respect me as much, which is almost the more upsetting part. Yeah, absolutely. Because they don't understand that, like, I have the job because I'm qualified for the job and I'm good at the job. They're just like, oh, you're just another coach. Right, and then they'll probably listen to one of the guys for if they would say the same thing, mm-hmm. probably a lot faster. Yeah, I mean, so that's like the kids. Um, I know you had a really oper- good or good opportunity that you talk told me about, where you gave that presentation to a bunch of Hockey Canada people oh, and yes. stuff like that. So uh, this year on tour, we kind of got like a briefing about it. Um, so we had a pilot project with the NHL. So right now we're not partnered with them. Uh, right now our only partners are Hockey Canada and Canadian Tire because we're only in Canada right now. We've mm-hmm. done a few like pilot events in North Dakota and Fargo and then one or two in Boston as well. Obviously big, really, really big hockey markets trying to see how the program would fit in the States because their associations work a little bit differently than ours do. So it's a little bit different. Um, and their governing, governing boards are a little bit different as well. Mm-hmm. But we had this pilot program in Calgary and all of the events in the Calgary area, so we had some in Edmonton, some in Red Deer and things like that, the surrounding area, were all kind of quote-unquote pilots. But the one that we had in Calgary, so for us a normal event is 45 families come, they get fit for their gear, and then they go home. And the way that like an actual event is structured is 
sort of everybody shows up. We'll do registration. They get their jerseys, their bags. Uh, they get fit for a few like really small things right off the bat, and then we fit them for a stick, and then we do a presentation, which is pretty much my role as a manager. So we welcome everybody in. That's sort of the our big thing about the welcome presentation is like that's their welcome into hockey, mm. right? So. Kids, these are going to be your teammates for the next six weeks, seven weeks. If you go on years, hopefully. Parents, you guys are going to be spending time together in the rinks. Like, you guys are going to get something out of this as well. Mm -hmm. Your kids are going to learn so much. They're going to have fun. And then we actually get a kid dressed in front of everybody, which is always really fun because all the kids start to get really excited because they get to see all the gear for the first time mm -hmm. for a lot of them. And then it helps the parents know how to put stuff on as well, mm. which is something you encounter a lot. A lot mm -hmm. of parents are like, Absolutely. okay, but how do I know how to put it on? And we're like, don't worry. Like we do a presentation. If you have any questions, like when you're at hockey, the coaches can help. They'll be there. That kind of thing. Once we finish the presentation, we actually do the fittings. So the kids are into, split up into four groups. We have four stations. They rotate through. They get fit, quote, unquote, well, professionally, like mm -hmm. we've all been trained, how to make sure things fit properly so that the kids are going to be safe when yeah. they're on the ice. Um, and then we do checkout and they go home, right? And that's our, our their touch with us mm -hmm. on the road. So then in Calgary, um, when we sort of found out it was going to be a pilot event, um, they told us, so with the NHL, the NHLPA, and the Flames Association. So we were host, we hosted the event at the Saddle Dome, which was really, really cool. Um, and we had a group of 90 families, which in and of itself is a lot. Um, I'm a loud person and I have a loud voice, mm -hmm. but that's about 200 people. And because it's at the Saddle Dome, everybody's going to bring grandma, grandpa, their cousins, aunts yeah. and uncles, and all their, all their siblings, right? So, and like... I think that was the only presentation I was ever actually nervous for um, because we also had uh, two or three guys from the NHLPA there. We had a, a lady from the NHL, I believe, and Tom Rennie from Hockey Canada mm -hmm. was there as well because he works out of the Calgary office and some Flames alumni there as well. So we sort of basically showed them how we run it. So the NHL has actually has a learn-to-play program right now, which the Sens actually run. So it's run out of all of their... NHL teams okay, in, yeah, in yeah. the cities but the big difference is is that they don't they don't have teams that go and fit or associations that run the on ice session so the way that like the little sends for example works is they get all their gear I think the price point's a little bit different I think it's 109 plus tax versus mm -hmm. first shift is 199 plus tax um, but they basically show up they kind of like eyeball the kids and fit them they don't have people that are like trained mm -hmm. necessarily uh, they get all their stuff and then they go on the ice and then it's just like the the local or local coaching program. So like us, we're not affiliated with an association in the mm -hmm. city, so they have no pathway once they're done. Yeah, right. They're kind of like it. it's like okay, here's your stuff. See you later. Yeah, kind of thing. So like with us, it's okay. Here's your next steps. And like every association has a contact that's in touch with the parents regularly mm -hmm. about you know if you want to sign up, here's where you're gonna go. You can go to this website. We can get you started, like if, if they have their ice times in October and November, we can get you started in, in January. We'll put you on a team. We'll get you started playing if they really want to play. A lot of associations will run another six weeks on the ice after Christmas mm -hmm. just to sort of let them continue and then hopefully join up again in September. So you kind of are a third party that tries to marry the person who doesn't know anything about hockey but is interested with the association. Yeah. And then they so. have equipment and everything's good at a good price point. And yeah. So you're you want, I mean not you personally, but the goal of the program is hopefully one day to have that all as one. So there's not two different programs 
for you know everyone is they they see you they get fitted and then they go right into associations on and ice. you're working with the NHL and their teams and it's a lot more cohesive yeah. unit. Yeah, we hope and I mean obviously that's cuz that's the big thing that a lot of kids see, right? Is their NHL teams, yeah. or players and things like that. So that would obviously get us a lot more coverage. Mm-hmm. Not that we don't have a lot now, like we have commercials, we have radio stuff, we've got advertisements on like boards and there's they do stuff in store in Canadian tire stores as well. But that would sort of really like take off mm-hmm. for us, I think. So that was that was really fun. They seemed to really, really like it. They they said they had a lot of fun at the event as well. Like a lot of the times you feel like in those kind of events it's just gonna be like, okay, everybody get in the line and we're gonna go. But we try and make it as fun as we can. So we get alert like we have our kids in groups. We try and get the coaches involved. So every every group has coach leads so that they all stay in one place and nobody mm-hmm. takes off. Um, and you try and get them as involved as possible, get them making friends and making connections before they get on the ice, and then they don't know anybody, right? Because okay. as soon as you kind of put that helmet on, it kind of distances the kids. Mm-hmm. So while they're sort of there, everybody's learning at the same time. They're pretty much all on the same page. Um, it's definitely a different environment and one that we're, we're really trying to share and then push. So hopefully the NHL jumps on. Yeah, uh, It would be a fantastic partnership. So there, you know, you presented to some you know, Tom Rennie, the in charge of Hockey Canada. Uh, I don't know if you interacted or not, but when you, so going back to that same question, like, so the kids, you know, you find maybe it's a challenge for you to earn the respect. What's it like dealing with peers in that level, colleagues, and then people, distinguished members of the hockey community? Like, do you, do you find the same challenge? Like, is it a little more open because it's adults and they, they, Understand, understand respect how, yeah i think it's <laughs> definitely a, like it's it's more open um but there have been times where like if we're sort of at an event getting set up like some of the coaches will walk into the room and they'll normally walk up right to one of the guys hmm. when we're doing hmm. setup hmm. unless i'm pretty proactive about it like sometimes it's hard to be like watching the door and trying to set stuff up at the same time um and like even if i'm closest to the door sometimes they'll and I think that's kind of just like a natural thing. Yeah. It's not necessarily a prejudice or like a conscious decision that we make, but it's just sort of how the world works. But in terms of like professionals and, and like association people, it's not. Yeah. I haven't had any being like, have to have to write back to Bauer and be like, hey, listen, this guy can't do it again. But like, mm-hmm. I haven't run into it. So interesting. Um, what do you think? You know, the sports world in general, but hockey, because that's more where your expertise what could the nhl do what could hockey canada do to be more inclusive to women and you know giving them more opportunities um in coaching and player development and management i mean Haley weckenheiser yeah. got uh, hired with the leafs which yeah. is great i know well cassie campbell's in the media um mm-hmm. one of the oh i the one of the female only female yeah um, at all, and then I know there's um, the figure skating coach. I can't remember her name. Oh, I should know her name too, and I don't. I was just listening She's to a like podcast with her. Smaller than it. me. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, um, hockey players really respect her. Oh yeah, she's and phenomenal. What, what she does for their skating. Oh my god, yeah. Um, Brian Boyle, actually, I told you to listen to. Um, you did, and I don't think I did. <laughs> Thirty One Thoughts, but you gotta go listen to Thirty One Thoughts. Okay, that's a good. I'll podcast. do that. I'll do that this week. Plugging other podcasts. Yeah. Um, but you know. Um, those uh, 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 those are the only three women I can mention that are involved um, heavily in hockey. Actually. Yeah, so I know the know? NBA just actually hired the first their first female 
assistant coach, assistant general, general manager. manager. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, like, that was a big deal. But I think a lot of it is just, like, it's going to take time. And it seems like the Leafs have kind of been, like, one of the front runners and making changes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, our, our GM is, like, yeah, looks, they, looks like he's 20. They don't have a dinosaur <laughs> No. <running laughs> right? So, and I mean, like, they're my team, so I'm going to plug yeah. them as much as I can. But I'm more aware of the things that they're doing, right? I, I don't follow every team yeah. and, what, and what they're doing. But I think that was, like, a really big move. I remember when it happened because we were at camp and, like, all the girls were like, oh, my God, did you see? And, like, mm-hmm. we kind of freaked out a little bit. So it's it's a big deal to, for a lot of the girls that are, like, involved in the game, involved in coaching and things like that. It's always nice to and, see. And you know that it's a big deal because you reading the comments on the story. Yeah. I try not to because... Yeah, like, that's where you know instantly the type of shit that women and especially women in sport have to deal with well like the what happened when the the first female uh ballon d'or the female soccer player oh the twerking yeah and i read did you read the players tribune article that she wrote i read some of it okay yeah it was basically like i didn't let it ruin my night like the amount of respect that she had from her peers which is really what matters yeah in sports is the respect from your peers, right? And your, your opponents and things like that, uh, which is nice to hear because mm-hmm. I remember seeing that on Twitter and I like lost my mind. I had to put my phone down. Um, but that's the way things are today. But I think in terms of like the NHL and associations trying to incorporate more women's events. So like um, I think it was just like the Leafs. So it was Matthews and Marner each paired up with um, – Natalie Spooner, and mm. what's her name? She plays for Markham. I should know her name, and I don't. I'm really upset that I don't. Um, but they did, like, a little mini skills competition, right? So, like, things like that mm-hmm. will get more attention drawn to it, and it was all over social media and things like that. Um, and just, like, keep partnering with things like that. Like, if the Leafs, there's, like, f- four women's teams in Toronto in the area, so if they can kind of, like, not necessarily push more, but, like, offer ticket packages like if you buy Leafs tickets you get tickets to the like one of those games whatever's closest to you or stuff like that Mm -hmm. Um, it would probably help I know it's hard to give stuff away for free but a lot of the times that's the way you have to start if you really want to sort of yeah make a big difference build it but yeah it's and it's unfortunately it's very slow I don't think it's going to happen super quickly Mm -hmm. Um, but it's definitely changing like even in the last five, ten years or so, it, it's changed a lot. It definitely has. So. But, like, it still amazes me that... People think like they do? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I talk about that a lot on here. Because, uh, yeah, people are... Uh, yep. Ab- ab- <laughs> obscene. But, I mean, that... Like, Haley Wickenheiser was the, the first major hire in the NHL. Yep. Um, and not even, you know, talking about the people who discredit her and say oh she was only a woman that's the only reason they hired her or she knows nothing because she's a woman that like we don't see more of it even in major junior or the ahl like there's there's nothing like no no female coaches and i think a lot of it is just because not that a lot of people try and take the path of least resistance but a lot of women know it's a lot of work yes to get anywhere let alone in a male-dominated field. So a lot of, like, you just have to find people that are willing to put the work in, which Haley Wickenheiser has. Obviously, mm-hmm. she has her resume and, like, her, her accomplishments 
which still baffles my mind that people question her that she, whether she knows what she's doing or not. Um, Notice the people who are they're, they're fat guys with goatees, <laughs> like sitting who haven't played hockey before <laughs> or just play men's league. Not that there's nothing wrong with adult leagues, but like. Yeah, sorry, Haley Wickenheiser would yeah, keep her ass. Right? Yeah. Like, whether she's a girl or not, she's gonna, she's an athlete. Mm-hmm. She knows what she's talking about. The game, at least skill wise, relatively the same. Um, we are women and we do not build muscle like men do. So obviously, we can't skate as fast. It's just science, right? Like, mm-hmm. you can't change that, but it's still, it's still the same game, mm-hmm. right? So I think it will. Get there eventually. A lot more people have the desire to to be the first one, or you know, like get their foot in the door, and then keep working and not be complacent. As soon as they're like, "Well, I'm I'm in now, so that's good enough." Like I don't think that's going to satisfy a lot of people anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think over the next little while, especially because she's she's in now, right? And she's in with one of the biggest associations. In the league, the biggest NHL team, yeah, at least. yeah, right. So with like the most media coverage and things like that. So I think it's gonna, that's gonna start the ball, hopefully. Hopefully, do you have any aspirations to do any of that? Would you try? I think so. It's not really the path that I'm on right now, but if my life kind of went that way, I would definitely push. Um, I'm not very satisfied with just having my foot in the door and just being there. I'm very competitive, mm-hmm. um, so I think if I if I sort of took that route, I would want to try and be the best in my field or get as far as I could. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, I'm only 25, so. Well, hey, that's uh, <laughs> midway through tw- your 20s now. I know it's scary. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, we talk about this sometimes. I haven't heard your answer in a while, so it could have changed. Um, you know, so you have your psychology degree mm-hmm. and now you're just working like all of the jobs, 23 jobs. <laughs> um, like where, where, where do you want to go? Have you not, are you still ch- trying to figure it out? Like what? Cause I know you're doing a lot of things with sport and you're doing your, your combat and yeah, now this other training thing and, and <laughs> the stuff, you, the, the gym, the gym stuff. So gym you, stuff. so you're obviously active yes. and in sport and yes. appreciate fitness and um, but that uh, does that chalk up to a psychology degree? I mean, I don't know. Like what? I mean, I definitely still use it. Probably not as much as my parents would like me to, because um, we had a nice little chat at dinner, being like, "So, what are you doing with your life?" And I was like, "Dad, leave me alone. <laughs> I just want to hang out with dogs and eat." Okay. <laughs> um, that was a really unpleasant conversation. But like initially, it was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go to grad school. I really want to go for sports psych, and it's definitely something that I still want to do." Um, and initially for me, it was because of like my experience with concussions, right? Mm. So I've had three or four now. Um, and it's initially why I ended up like, I had to stop playing minor hockey in my last year in grade 12. Uh, I got hit playing school hockey and missed a month of school and that was pretty much it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, unfortunately being a girl, it's not going to pay me millions of dollars. So I have to be smart with my future. Right. Because basically my doctor was like, well, you could keep playing, but if you get hit again, it could, quote unquote, ruin the rest of your life, right? Like you could really struggle with like going to school, functioning daily. Like I know girls that like it, it's taken them years to recover mm-hmm. from concussions and things like that. So that was one of the big like reasons that I wanted to get into that kind of area uh, because I struggled to deal with it for a really really long time. Like even though kind of at that stage, I don't want to say I hated hockey. 
but I resented being there a lot. I wasn't happy. I wasn't having fun anymore. Um, but then my doctor turned around and basically was like, well, you should probably stop playing. And it was like, wait a minute. No, I want to leave on my own terms. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to be forced out. And yeah, I, I struggled to deal with it for a long time um, because that was who I was Yeah. up until that point in my life. Like all, it was like, hey, there's that girl that plays hockey all the time. And we never see her anywhere because she's always away for hockey. So I didn't really know who I was, right? All my friends were on my hockey teams. So to go from seeing each other five, six days a week to not seeing them for like almost a month was really tough. Um, And also like concussion, quote unquote, protocol. I stayed in my bed for a week, which was not fun. Couldn't watch TV. Couldn't read. Oh, um, so yeah, like you're pretty much isolated. So there's not a lot you can do. And like, yeah, my parents will come home from work, but I'm also like, I don't want to hang out and talk to you. <laughs> Please <laughs> leave me alone. I'm grumpy and I want to go to hockey, but I can't. Right. So that was a really big reason that I wanted to get involved with it. And now the field has grown so much. Mm-hmm. Like even sort of when I first got really interested and in it, it was probably about five years ago. So I've been graduated for a few years. Um, and it's still definitely something that I want to do, but because I've gotten so many of these other opportunities, it's hard to like sort of put all that aside and be like, okay, I'm going to go back to school and stick my head in a textbook for two years Mm -hmm. and sit in a lab and study and research. But there's so many interesting things. And like initially my, my like be all end all was I wanted to go to McGill because they're a huge, a huge facility that works on a lot of sports psych stuff and a lot of concussion stuff. Mm -hmm. But now Ottawa U, I think, is the top school in the country oh, really, eh? for concussion research. Um, even, like just in the last four or five years, I think. I was actually talking to a guy in just outside of Vancouver who is getting his PhD in sports psych right now. From um, It's like an online school in the States. Oh, wow. Um, but we were kind of talking about it, and he was like, well, like, he was like, you're from Ottawa. He's like, why don't you just go to Ottawa U? And he was like... Everybody thinks it's, like, one of the top schools in the country now, which is really nice. Like, I've kind of been out of school for a few years. Yeah. So I'm not super up to date on research um, unless I hear something big, and I'll try and go and find it and catch up. But I've been out of it for a few years, so it's hard to to try and dive back in and, and really commit to it. And now there's so many other things that I'm interested in, right? So especially getting involved with group fitness at the gym. There's so much. Like, they do all of their own research, um, Les Mills, so they're the company that develops all the programs that we teach at the gym. So they do their own research through universities in like London and um, not Harvard. It doesn't matter, I can't remember. But one of the big Ivy Leagues in the States, they do a lot of research through there. So like, I don't have a background in kinesiology or even in science. So they think that's kind of what's limiting me a lot too. Is like, yeah, I have a psych degree and I know a lot, but a lot of the things that I've learned in like human kinetics and in science have been outside of school, which to a lot of schools, unfortunately, don't count. Which was ridiculous because it's all arguably better experience than reading just because you don't have a degree. Regurgitating. Yeah. Right. That's so far. Like, I know. <laughs> our system is built on that. It's just like, do you have that piece oh, of paper? No. no. Oh, I don't want to talk so to So I'm not even going to talk to you about it. That's, right, like I've always argued that I argued yeah. that when I tried to go back to university, and I only got a couple credits for communications. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was in media. I already did radio, and you're telling me like I yeah. have to like start. In they year don't one. make it easy because it's all about. I the know, money. and it's so expensive. And then like 
So I remember when we were in high school, you pay like a one-time fee and you can pl- apply to up to like three or five schools. Yeah. Um, if you want to go to grad school, you have to pay for each school that you want to apply to. You have to take tests to get in. Um, you have to pay to have your transcript sent sometimes. Like it's, you have to write essays, letters of recommendation. Like there's a lot of work involved. And then it sounds bad because I'm like, well, like school's going to be a lot of work. You're like, yeah, but if you want more people with better degrees, don't make it so hard. Right. And like, I shouldn't say that I'm afraid of it, but like I am a little bit, right? Like you don't want to spend all that time, all that money and then just be like, nope, sorry. You're like, okay, well now what? Yeah. (laughs) Cool. I'm just going to teach at the gym for the rest of my life. Not that that's something that's not fantastic. And some people were born to do that, but um, I think I'll fall apart. Before I make it that far, or I mean, if you just taught one thing, maybe that would probably be. But that's fine. not fun. That's not. Why fun. wouldn't I teach three classes in one day? Uh, I could name a few reasons. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So figuring it out. So that was, yeah. must have been a great conversation. Yeah. It's weird because I knew all of my friends are still figuring it out. So. Well, that's not true. Some of them already have like master's degrees, and I'm like, that's I'm so happy for you, but like. I wish I knew like what I wanted to do from like the time I get up in the morning to the time I go to bed. But some days I'm like, I want to do this today. And then other days I'm like, I never want to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a degree is nice and, and all, but life just gives you so much more experience than a textbook or a lecture yeah. or, I mean, you could do lectures online now. I know. Like they just put them up on YouTube and yeah. just go ahead and go learn a whole thing. everything. What? Oh. Am I allowed to say that? No. I don't know. Okay. Well, I signed <laughs> no. I signed a piece of paper. Uh, no, it's fine. It's cool. No Everybody one, knows. No one big listens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one day, Ryan. One, one day. One day, like four years from now, we're going to get like a letter like, hey, you. Hey, you. <laughs> um, you can't do that. You did stuff with concussions, though, with uh, Bauer? Bauer, yes. So NeuroShield. That was a product. NeuroShield. They, they no longer sell. No, no, they did it for a year and it was just, it was a lot of work because they had to buy the rights for it. And I don't know, they didn't really explain it to us. Um, It still exists. It's still a product that exists. People can still buy it. Mm -hmm. Um, It has not been cleared by the FDA in the States. I don't remember. There was a lot of legal stuff that they told us that I knew at the time and it is now gone from memory because it's been a year and it's not useful to me anymore. Um... But it's essentially this like really cool like quote unquote collar that you wear, um, and it helps decrease the likelihood. I need to say this right because I'll get in big trouble if I don't, and I'll give myself crap if I don't. But a lot of people are like, "Hey, this is gonna stop me from getting concussions," and it's like, "Well, no. Like you can't. No one can guarantee that. Like you can get a concussion falling down the stairs. You can get a concussion walking into a window." Right? Like, My two concussions were stupid. <laughs> yeah. So, I totally know. Right? So, it's it's trying to decrease the likelihood of smaller um, injury events that can accumulate into long-term effects. Like uh, CTE and Yeah, so things like that. About. So, essentially, it's, it's reducing the amount of, quote-unquote, brain slushing that happens when you get hit or when you move. Um, and it's protecting your brain a little bit. So it's kind of like a helmet for your brain instead of a helmet for your head. But it uses your body's, like, neuro or not neurological system, your, your own physiological system to create that cushion. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, 
when you told me about that, it's interesting because, you know, in all sports right now, but especially impact sports like hockey and football, concussions are, I mean, that's, it's huge and mm-hmm. you, they're going through their lawsuits and the NFL settled for an outrageous amount. And, and they're, um, they got lucky. Because, I mean, scientists are finding so much about the brain. Yeah, and, and how... there's still much, so much that we don't know. Oh, I know, yeah, right, but like... it's like crazy how it all relates. Mm-hmm. Like, before you just hit your head, you got your bell rung, quote unquote, <laughs> and you know you get back out there and go. But yeah. now it's and like... then fifty years later, you can't function like yeah. a normal adult. Or I mean, people like die, pro- die the they commit suicide. Yeah. Um, you know, pro wrestling had that big string a couple of years oh. ago where like. There was uh, the ones committing suicide, and then there was the guy, I think his name was Chris Benoit, like, killed his whole family and, like, murder-suicide. Oh, yeah. Because of CTE. Or, mm-hmm. or Aaron Hernandez, the guy who did those kills, apparently had, like, the worst case of CTE anyone's ever seen or something. Yeah. So, so it's it's crazy how much impact on your brain. Small, well, small basically quote-unquote tears what happens when your brain moves inside your head is tiny little axons and neurons they actually tear and then they don't grow back properly and if they don't get the right kind of i mean i'm really butchering this because i'm not up to date on my like neuroscience and stuff like that but essentially is that they don't always grow back or they don't grow back properly so they don't function as well and it takes your brain more effort and more energy to function normally like so for me if i have a really long day I'll get a headache by about four o'clock and I get like, I call it brain fog because I can't function. Like I can't do stuff. Like I'm Mm. driving and I like have to have like two hands on the wheel. I have to be paying attention. I can't really be like looking around, which is what most of us do when we drive. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I can't multitask. I can't function and I can't focus on a lot. I like basically have to go home and go to bed. Really? eh? Yeah. And that's like from the damage you did. Yeah. And that's been like, it's been at least five years now. And that was only two concussions. Three. Or three. Three. So think of the people who have nine, ten, yeah. eleven. I mean, everyone's different. Yeah. But I think they say, like, once you get your first concussion, like. It's like breaking a bone, right? Every time after that's easier. Yeah. Because it's already in, like, a um, date, not a dangerous state, but it's more susceptible to further injury. When you think about what actually happens when you get one, that your brain. Brain swells. And bounces off your skull. Yeah. And, I'm like, I'm like, whoa. It's kind of nauseating to think about. Yeah. Yeah. And it happened so fast. I remember when I got my first one, like, I went to catch a football in gym class, so not even anything special. Uh, and I just fell and hit my head, and I got right up, and I was like, did I catch it? And then passed out. Like, nice. fainted. Nice. So probably hit my head again. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, for sure. And uh, when I got back up, it- That's called second impact syndrome. Yeah, it felt like I was high. Mm-hmm. Like- I was like, whoa. Yeah, it's like, like the world's moving was... in slow motion. Yeah. And like, I'm like. And you like, you like kind of go off in a direction and then you're like, wait, what? Where? Oh, no, we're going to go over here now. And then you're like, wait, what? Why am I here? Yeah. People had to like drag me in, like yeah. help me in. And and then it like, I don't know. It went, it got okay pretty fast. Like I didn't have any like that I remember any post concussion syndrome and stuff. But I mean, what was, there was a. Uh, Corey Crawford, who had it and then got vertigo. He got hit again, like, last week. Yeah, I know. So. Um, and he had vertigo, and he, he was out for the whole season. Yeah, um, Clark year. MacArthur, who oh, yeah, who got cleared to come back and then couldn't pass been. his physical. Yeah. 
So he's out. Like probably not gonna play again. No, Who knows? Which is but... too bad because he was pretty good. Yeah. Right. So. Um, and like Crosby, like yes, he's amazing. Yes, he's one of the world's best players. But he's had how many concussions now? I forgot about that until. I can't remember if I was, it was a podcast or I was, I was watching something. I forgot that he got two concussions pretty and he consecutively. Was out for like the almost, season, yeah. yeah. Like I totally forgot about that because he, you know, he wins the two cups and everything's and he's great. Sidney Crosby and he's winning things, yeah. and you're like, oh yeah, everything's hunky dory. But like there was question that he might not even come back. Come back. Yeah, and a lot of it too is that like especially being like an athlete and like that like your sport is being like all that you know is it's hard to think about future yeah like yeah these guys are professional athletes and yes it's their livelihood right now but they're gonna have to stop playing pretty soon and survive the rest of their life Mm -hmm. with families kids right like it's tough to think about and it's why a lot of the guys at least used to not say anything you're like well if i say something they're gonna make me sit i could lose my spot yeah i can lose my job and which is how the game was and and they are getting better they're definitely getting better and there's there's going to be mistakes and there's going to be errors and you can't like, they're not going to go from screwing it up to being perfect. It's going to take errors, unfortunately. Um, but I, I hope it continues going in the right direction because. Do you follow um, Daniel Carcillo yes. on Twitter? Yes. The stuff he's tweeting is like. So when he, you remember that crazy. video that he put out in the summer? Yeah. I like, I couldn't watch it for like two weeks. Really? Cause it was like, like obviously like I'm, played sports as like a teenager and growing up and like his is like his livelihood but like i sympathize with it a lot because it's it's all you know and then to have somebody be like hey you can't do that anymore it's kind of like okay well like now what yeah like and the stuff he puts out about like the nhl like knowing yeah and and, like trying to cover stuff up well i just i love when they play that stupid legal dance where it's like there's no uh Current evidence that yeah. playing hockey because like, there's not enough studies that have been done yeah, because they need to be long term to it, prove actual effects. That, so they're not done yet. It's that bullshit. Though. It's just like <laughs> we know. Like you can't, shut up. You're wrong, and like, everybody knows it. Just because of the legal and I whatever. Fine, we have to have these legal things for protection of every. Okay, fine. But it's just like, down. why are you lying? <laughs> why are you lie? <laughs> yeah, you're like lying. Yeah, straight up. You know it, but yeah. just because you can get away with it not being a lie because of legal Logistics. technicalities. Yeah. And it's like, oh, why do we have to do this stupid song and dance all the time of suing? And I'm just like, be gone with you. I don't want to see you Why anymore. don't you just shut up, admit you're wrong, and we'll move on? Oh, I mean. Never. But... Ni- it would be nice, but the financial <laughs> implications. But it's so I always find it interesting, too. It's like. So I don't know like what the, exactly they're fighting for the people with concussions, but so if like the NHL had information, hit information or whatever, that's fine. But like, you also got to know that playing an impact sport, mm-hmm. you sign up for it. Like it's kind of it comes like, with the territory. A, a release of personal, like you know, mm-hmm. you know, you could get hurt. Yep. Like, why is a concussion any different than breaking your leg and losing your career? Like, what about those guys? You can't yeah. hold them completely responsible. Yeah. But there's definitely, like, I think a lot of it is that, like, I lost my train of thought. With, and, like, with stuff like a broken leg or, like, visible injuries, they can do physical tests and be like, okay, you're good to go back. You can lift so much. You can Mm -hmm. do whatever. You've been doing rehab for six weeks. Whereas with a concussion, because they're so personalized, somebody can, like, 
well, like there's been like accusations of people like faking their baseline tests. Right. Because oh. now I think everybody has to do a baseline test at the beginning of every season as like their, their base point for concussion protocol. Oh, interesting. And I don't think, I, probably, honestly, it probably wasn't in the NHL. I think it may have been in like junior and things like that. But there's guys that will like not dumb down their answers, but like try and make it easier. So if they do get hit, they can come back. Yeah. Which is very upsetting. And like, Sneaky. I know when you're a kid, it's harder to think or like a a kid quote unquote uh it's hard to think about 10 20 40 years down the line but like that's you need to live the rest of your life i know i mean i did it i mean my first concussion i sat out about a week yeah should i have went back i don't know but there was no test nobody told me not to yeah i'm just saying i'm feeling better now can i play and they're like yeah sure yeah and so, went back, and yeah. I was always like that, though, with injuries, stupidly. Yeah, most, most kids are. Now my back hurts, and my groin's <laughs> Now my whole apart. body hurts. Yeah, my groin. Uh, a lot of people at the gym joke, they're like, yeah, you're 25. And I'm like, yeah, but you should see the stuff I put my body through as a child because I wouldn't admit to being hurt. Yeah. Um, I played with a broken elbow in tryouts. Okay, that's a little much. Yeah, so I couldn't lift my glove. So how did you... So I How did you make the team, Ryan? I, I didn't. Oh, okay. they cut me. That makes sense. It was in Pee Wee, and they cut me because they're like, "This goalie doesn't move his glove because he can't because his elbow's broken." It's yeah, stupid. Yeah, so I just would be like, eh, eh. do that little kid where you jump at yeah, the puck yeah. with your and chest. I couldn't, I couldn't lift my arm. I had to walk around like this. I didn't tell anybody it hurt until my mom's like, "Ryan, I noticed you're walking around like <laughs> holding with- your arm. Like, what are you doing?" I'm like, "It hurts." So I went for. It hurts. Yeah. Because it's broken. Um, but I was also embarrassed about how I did it. <laughs> Do you have any good injury stories? No, it was a stupid hockey injury. Okay. But I was being stupid, so. Okay. Um. Anyway, so it's a. Uh, it's a scary topic. It's, it's funny how kids, I mean, Don't yeah. think twice about it. But don't you remember being a teenager, like, you, f- you were invincible? Yes and no. The shit I used to do with my friends. Yeah, but not even to what my grandparents did. And again, like counterintuitive to what we were just talking about, but like, you're a boy. Wow. But like literally your brain (laughs) chemistry, boys are like, I don't care. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. Girls are like, that might not be a good idea. That might hurt tomorrow. Guys are like, no, let's fucking do it. You're like, okay. Don't they say though? Uh, I, mean, I have you, an older brother. I understand. You were in psychology, so like the brain doesn't fully develop. Twenty-five. Yeah. So yeah, uh, girls don't f- have that sense of like I can't hurt, get hurt. No, we do, but we also have more forethought than boys do. I suppose I didn't back then. No. I didn't have any toes. About eighteen, we were drifting down an old dirt road in the country. Uh huh. Going like a hundred. Yeah, of course. Down these narrow roads. Yeah. And one of our buddy's cars lost control, but they uh, were able to pull it through before going in the ditch. Good. I was like, I remember I was at a wedding with them in September. I was like, man, we could have died. Right. We could have watched you guys die. Yep. Like, yeah, man. But back then, you were just like, whoa. Yeah, you're so jazzed, right? It's, uh, yeah. it's just where your brain. So at. many dumb things we did, and. Yep. But uh, everybody does that, though. Like, to some extent, it's not always that kind of stuff. But like, I um, did a lot of stupid stuff as a kid. Makes you think though, guys. I want to go back because you actually had a, an interesting thing talking about playing in hockey and how it taught you community and leadership and and friendship and all that stuff and sticking up for your people Friends. who are close to you. And I think it all it does all that for sure. And I'm such an advocate for kids playing sports um, and being involved in that, whether it's hockey or not. But then you take a look at 
what they turn into, like the hockey douchebag. Ugh, don't get me started. How does that happen? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's bro culture, man. How do they get to be bros? I don't know. Um, they spend too much time with each other and not enough time with girls or adults. But like, and they think everything is acceptable and they can do whatever they do. You know how many times at work I've had to give like the teenage boys like the stink eye and being like, fucking smarten up. The disrespect like, I remember from the dressing room was. Uh, <laughs> And I mean, I'll, I'll fully admit, like, of course, you jump in on certain things. Yeah. Um, but there's certain things I would not jump in on. Like, I remember when I went up to the junior team, they had a board of women mm. and all their names, and they all had to get with them. Mm-hmm. And if you go up and... You get a gold star. Yeah, pretty much. Literally. Pretty much to hook up with the girl. Yeah. Um, and then one of the people on the list was They're like... asserting their masculinity. One of my, one of my friend's sisters. I was like, ooh. Ooh, that's uncomfortable. Yeah, so like, how does that happen? Like, it's it's not just a boy thing. Yeah, like with girls, that's like hormones, and that's girls weren't like that at all. Like, there wasn't. No, I'm not saying to that extent. Obviously, straight bitchy. (laughs) Like some of the things that I have heard in dressing rooms and on the ice, I live. I've stopped and been like, wait a minute, what did you say? I mean, not so much when I was younger, but like playing women's beer league, I'm like, I've had grown women call me the c word, and I don't even like saying it. Oh, damn. Like, women that could be my mom. And I'm like, hold on a minute. What? <laughs> like, yeah. for no reason. Like, it's not like I'm out there, like, swinging my stick around and, like, pushing people into the corners. I was standing in front of the net, and I moved her out of the way because the buck was coming. Well, that's because... definitely you being a see you next Tuesday yeah, for sure. Yeah, right? Like, that was definitely deserving. But, like, I honestly, like, stopped what I was doing, and I put my arms out, and I went, what? And she, like, skated away, and I was like, did no one hear that? Like... Can someone yeah. talk to her? <laughs> That's not okay. Like, and like, meanwhile, she's like a school principal or right? something. Right? You're like, you could have a daughter. Do you want your daughter talking like that? Um, do you remember when, um, I think it was Kevin Pillar, he got caught um, saying the homophobic slur mm, I think so. uh, through lip reading and stuff. On, and people yeah. like lost it. He had to do an apology. And I was mm. like, look, I'm not saying it's acceptable, but the stuff I heard. Oh, yeah playing a sport people are very naive yeah that, like, like oh my god you want to think the best in people but like you really can't it seems it seems like as soon as you get into those interactions of sport or competition like our primal instincts take over well, yeah civil like you're that's st- literally why we started playing sports however many years ago is that right like i need to be better than you and this is the only way i can prove it so i'm gonna so that you can mate you and there. have children it's true, though. Right? <laughs> I guess that ma- that makes a lot of sense. I mean, we've just gotten maybe a little more discreet, but I mean, ultimately. But like I said, the the stuff people. So, for instance, you would never. I mean, well, some people would, but like take a like whatever a chair and just smash it on someone's head because they said something to you. Some no, people, I'd probably think that. about it, but like. But on 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 yeah. hockey, people would much more likely do that oh yeah because you're caught up in the moment and i'm like i get it to some degree but that's not an excuse no it's but it's like funny playing that... a sport doesn't give you an excuse to be a piece of shit yeah but as soon as you put on the skate blades or the cleats or the shoe like whatever yeah human that's... your basic humanity disappears. it's like whether you're playing sports or you're walking in a walmart like humanity goes away yeah in in those situations it's just funny how that's human nature yeah. um Cause yeah, like the the f word for like the homophobic slur. I don't want to say yeah. it, but 
Like that was one of the lightest things I've ever heard on the oh, ice. Yeah. And that 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 got tossed around a lot. But that was also like sort of around that time. Cuz I remember like people at high school said that all the time. Yeah, that was Like it was like and a, that was only a 8 years common ago. common term. Like the R word. I'm like I lose my mind when people say that. Yeah, I remember what, yeah, the first time I said it, I'm like, oh. And I lost my, and I was like, what are you, like, you're smarter than that. Use a real word. Yeah. Right? That's still big. It doesn't, it it still bothers me because there's no reason in today's society, you have so many other words you can say. You don't need to use that word in a derogatory way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree. I'm just, I'm of the word of like, I got, like, (laughs) language is. Language is funny where I'm like, I'm it not, is, I'm not but call- it's very telling about where people are at mentally. True. But I don't know. There's, I get in a conversation with a girl at work and we laugh about the things that people complain about on the internet. So <laughs> I usually find the most craziest things. Of course. Um, for instance, another per- a person I saw was Thursday um, said that you have to ask an animal for consent and it has to give it to you. So I'm not talking about you know, like what you do with a dog, you'd stick your hand out and let it sniff you before you just go and pet it, right? Yeah. Because that's safety. No, it's just common sense. This, women, this woman was insinuating that I had to go, hey, Mr. Flufflesworth, may I pet you? <laughs> Shut up. And then the dog would have to be like, bark, bark, and like let you <laughs> pet it. How do you it. know that means yes? Yeah, it could be no, but right? the animal had to give you consent in much. order for you to pet it. Not the owner, the animal. Like I'm all for the argument of consent. I, I, but yes. I think for an animal but like, and come on, a human people. is a little different. Like I'm sorry, if he didn't want you to pet him, he'd probably run away. Yeah, like I'm sorry, I love animals, but they you can't give them the same rights as humans. No, it's just not like it's just it's the how way the world it works. works. Like humans are superior, and yes, because we have higher brain function. Yeah, and of course, like <laughs> literally, you, because we can speak. Yeah, you can't talk to an animal and have them answer back. <laughs> like yeah, it's okay, pet me, I like it. Yeah. Like, if they want you to pet them, they'll walk up to you, and they'll look at you. If they don't want you to pet them, they'll move out of the way. Yeah. And that's... But the just, same way with people. If I don't want you to touch me, I'm going to walk away. If you try and do it again, I'm going to punch you in the face. Well, there should really be a, <laughs> a no-hands policy unless you're really sure. But that's... Tri- you know what I mean, though? Like That's so tricky nowadays. We're not going to go there. You don't want to go there? No, I can not go, today. I go there all the time I know. on the podcast. You try that's to, fun. and I'm not... Everyone's not... always super safe with what they say. I, yeah. But, I get I get real heated real fast. You can get heated. That's what remember how we were like, for. yeah, you played boy sports and all the aggressive sports. So why are you so aggressive as an adult? I wonder why. You're so feisty. Don't touch me. I'm not afraid to punch you in the face. <laughs> well, that's a pretty easy one to agree upon. That I can't just come up and be like, touch you. I had a guy do that to me at Blues Fest once. Ooh. Like from behind, and I like turned around and I was like, what the fuck is your problem? And he like looked at me and I was like. Go away, please. Nobody asked you to be here. Was that this year? No, that oh, was like shit. two or three years ago. Um, it's amazing that people still do that, you know, in the club. Like, how many times do you have? Yeah. But there's also, like, so no, when I say this, I'm not saying you can just go up and touch a woman. That no. It's not okay, um, especially if they do not want it. <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes, whether it's a man or a woman, sometimes they do want it, but they're not going to tell you. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. In that flirty yeah. moment. But also as an adult, you, like, unless you, like, putting it lightly, don't read social situations well. You can tell when people are uncomfortable. Oh, for Or whether sure. they're for totally sure. okay with what's going on. 
Like I joke around with my guy friends and they'll kind of like give me a push on the shoulder and I'm fine with that. And I'd tell them if I had a problem with it and they would know, It'd right? It'd be a lot different if they were doing that or they slapped you on the ass. Right? Like, oh, like God, you... yeah, like, you know, you, you know the boundaries that you're in and you know, I don't know. I like, I think it's very easy to be a half decent person. I well, yes. I don't course. think it's hard, but I don't like my, my can't wrap my brain around the fact that people think stuff like that's okay. Or they just think they can do whatever they want and it has no repercussions and it's totally okay. You're like, wait, that's not how the world works. <laughs> I'm sorry. Who raised you? Which sounds bad. It, kinda, but like, it is interesting. I always go, I mean, a good way to put it, and it doesn't encompass all situations, but like, what would my mother say if she found out I did this? Right? Or what would my grandma? Right. My grandma's pretty cool. But, <laughs> but like, she would be upset. Yeah. And disappointed. Yeah. That's the big one. I do know, though, like, I always, when, especially when that, all the Me Too stuff came out, I definitely, like, became more nervous and racked my brain. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm so worried about a situation being taken out of context yeah. or, or something. Like, yeah. I remember working, uh, when I was working promo and talking to people, I was, uh, my job was to talk to people. Of course. Not for me, but on behalf of my job. Mm -hmm. And there was a woman walking by in a mall. And I said, excuse me, miss. And she turned around and just gave it to me being like, how, like, why do you think it's okay for you to talk to me? I didn't, um, give you permit. Like, I didn't give you permission. Okay, so see, like, in those kind okay. of situations. I'm, like, I'm just like, I'm working. Like, I, I tried to like defeat like, the situation. In those kind of but... situations. I'm like, you're out in public. People go talk to you. That's how the world works, you know? Yeah, I think like, we've lost a lot of... Faith? <laughs> Hope? Human... Happiness? <laughs> we've lost a lot of human nuances yes. uh, with conversation. And I mean, not just because of these these <laughs> movements, but with, with our cell phones yeah. and with social media yeah. and the internet and, you know, a lot of just aspects of being like a, just a human. human being. Like people are so taken back that I talk to them in an elevator. Yeah. But people my age or relatively around my age, yeah. like they're like, "What are you doing?" They can't have conversations. Are you, are you with other people. a psycho? They think it's weird, and I'm like, it, "It's another human being that can also speak and has a brain, yeah, and can communicate with you because we are both of the same species." So, yeah. hey, how's it going today, bud? Like, I'm like, it's kind of nice when someone says, "How are you today?" I'm like, yeah. "Oh, I'm I'm good," especially right. like a stranger. Like we we spend too much time thinking about ourselves and not acknowledging the world around us. Or yeah, thinking the world. And like I'm guilty of it too. Everybody is. It's... I mean, there's times when I don't want to talk to people. True, which is fine. Then but that's totally I always, okay. I always try to be polite until someone doesn't deserve it. Gives you it. a reason not to. Yeah, I'll be like, oh, uh, thank you so much for asking, but not right now. Yeah, uh, like I've actually got to run. Not like, yeah. But yeah, so many people like just rude or scowl or think you're a psychopath yeah. or being like, or How think are you that today? they can do, again, think that they can do whatever they want. Like people, not that people don't know how to be polite anymore, but some people don't. Well, no. Like, we've lost a lot of it, but a lot of people don't know how to be respectful and, like, just understand how the world works. And, like, yeah. it's, it's upsetting and it's sad. Yeah, social etiquette. Yeah. And, I mean, it's really nothing just to talk to someone for a brief period of time if you're, like, stuck in the elevator. Yeah. Or be like, yeah. Or, like, waiting in line. Yeah, make a joke or... Yeah. But people just... 
freak out or are closed off. Or... People automatically assume that you're going to, like, attack them. Yeah. Or, like, or... you want something from them. And, and I feel like, no. I feel bad that women are put in the position, especially as a guy, that, like, they do kind of have to be on guard. And yeah. I'm totally cognizant of don't, the fact. Don't park in the far corner of the parking lot. Yeah, yeah, park yeah. under a street light. Have your keys out when you leave the building. And, like... Don't look at your phone. Yeah, and that, like, if me as a guy come up and talk to you, like... We're immediately you, on edge. You much. have to be a little bit guarded. And yeah. I'm sad at the fact of yeah. that because I like to think I'm a good person. And, well, you are. And uh, but... they don't know that right yeah. away. So it's sad that because, and I've seen it, and I see it all the time of guys being pushy and mm-hmm. and aggressive and and not taking no or like, you know, like trying to keep working it. I'm just Think like, that we're just joking when we say yeah. no and that it's a game. You're like, no, I'm being serious. Please go away. Yeah. Like, it's uh, yeah, and we've gone to like expecting the the best in people to like immediately expecting the worst. Yeah, I always say like I hate people, but I also love people. <laughs> I love people that work hard, that are ambitious, that are, are passionate, and are going for something, and they're out there working, and they're not criticizing, and they're just you know they're just doing their thing, and they're yeah. they're trying to just push live for their something. life. Yeah, and, like, those are the type of people I want to surround myself with, um, and they're the people, like, I'm cheering for and want a good thing, but then you just see a lot of other people, like, one of the things, and I've talked about it before, is I hate when people, like, just use excuses and, and dumb shit, like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, oh, I'm tired, and yeah. when I'm always trying to... We do... talk about this all the time. Yeah. <laughs> or we're like, hey, do you want to do something? You're like, I haven't slept in 18 hours, maybe next week. That's def- like, okay. That's definitely a thing, but, like, where you're just like... <laughs> So there's a person who texted me uh, for a, a function. So I'm going to try to not get this person yeah, realized. Yeah. But they said they were too tired to do something because they worked from 9 till 2 and had to get up at 9 a.m. the Excuse next me? day and do it again. Shut up. Yeah. I am disappointed. I am too tired to come out for something free. Disappointed. Wow. Yeah. I for um, a second was like, is he talking about me? Have I said that to him before? You, but you're a different case than most people because well, you're, I'll be honest with you too. I'll you'll be, be like, honest. listen, like I think I'm dying. But I, I also truly believe that if it was something very important to me, that would you would there. do it. Yeah. Right? Like that's that's the difference. Like someone who always, you don't make excuses. You're like. I'm legit. I've worked eight of my jobs today. I need to sleep. And have been up since 4 a.m. I could come and not pay attention to a single thing and maybe die on the way there. But hey, I'd be there. But that's different than just making excuses to yeah. not show up. And I get the mental health thing. I do more than most people. But mental health is also putting in the effort for your friends. Yeah. A lot of people yeah, don't do that for their mental health. Yeah. And you have to understand one of the biggest things for your mental health is like community. Mm-hmm. The social interaction. A lot of the time, the depression gets worse or the anxiety because yeah, exactly. That's and I I understand sometimes it's hard to get out of bed, and that's why I think you're a little bit the same way. Where you know I've talked to Jenna and a bunch of people like this that it's like you just keep the momentum going. Yep. Don't stop because did it yesterday. I'm gonna do it again today because I have to. Once you once you stop, you you know I'm gonna be in bed for three days. Yeah, that's when it's gonna all of a sudden just be like. Hit the wall. It's like camp ends at the end of the summer. And I'm like, I'll see you all in four days. Don't talk to me. I haven't stopped in nine weeks. Yeah. But so like, I, I part get of that. It's mental health, right? I get that part. And if people want to take a mental health day, it's it's the chronic excuses. It's the making. It's being lazy, straight up. And making that fashionable and making that cool. Yeah. 
for me, that's I where I need it's the me time, out. so I'm not gonna go. Yeah, that's okay, it's where not I all about out. you though. Oh, like I just, I did just you just say like... that's right, Jenna? No. Okay, I was like, wow, what did she do to you? No, I don't. Don't mind me. Talk I to know. Jenna. I know. <laughs> last time at the podcast. I know. I listened to it. Where was I? I don't think I was home. That was when I was away. It's so fun when I find out people actually listen. Of course, I listen. Maybe. I don't think I've listened to all of them. They're <clears> on my phone. I just forget podcasts exist. Sometimes. We're gonna make it big one day. It's so hard. We gotta. I'll advertise it when I'm on the road. It's so hard to manage this with another job. Um, One, because I'm working with other people's schedules because of Mm -hmm. the format I I wanted to do with it. (laughs) But I think it's interesting to have, like, people come on and, you know, one day maybe I'll get, like, famous people on. But, like. Gee, thanks. But I have people, (laughs) like, you know, the people I brought on, like you, who actually have, like, interesting lives who do interesting things. Like, we haven't even talked about... The gym. Your what combat the gym. stuff and all that. Like, I don't get the combat thing, but you seem to be super into it. I am. Um, which is... Great, Go cool. for it, girl. <laughs> um, I don't know if I could ever... Would ever do it or could ever do it. You could. I don't know. Like, it's the same thing with, like, spin. My idea of fitness is, like, I don't want it to be this big entertainment show but it makes it easier sometimes it's not entertainment but you know like the choreography and the program like i just i don't know i haven't wrapped my head around it yet okay it's because you haven't been to one of my classes oh <laughs> i should go yeah it's okay you don't have to it's not for everybody and i know it's not for yeah. everybody and like i'm okay with that and like i joke around with my friends but like i don't ever push people i know what is it like explain it so the program that i teach is called body combat um, it is a Les Mills program. So they are a company out of New Zealand. They have been developing and making fitness programs for over 50 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then initially started in New Zealand. Now they are, I think, the leading fitness programmer worldwide. So they have programs running all over the world, all continents, pretty much not almost all countries, but in like a lot of different places. Um, so yeah, I, I teach body combat. So it's mixed martial arts based. Uh, That's gonna end up on the podcast, by the way. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I fidget when I when I talk about things. I don't even realize that I'm doing it. So if you hear banging, it's all me. She's playing with her phone. Yeah, I fidget. It's not my fault. Um, so mixed martial arts, right? So we cover thing: boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, um, karate, Taekwondo, all kinds of stuff. Um, and typically, it's an hour workout. So you'll have a warm up, which is like six to ten minutes long depending on what release it is and release is just like the numbers so that they can keep track we release quarterly so every three months we put out new music and new choreography which we have to learn and be able to do it all and it's super fun and it's super challenging but that's why i'm in good shape at least that's what i tell myself are you in good shape now um (laughs) i should be some days i don't feel like i am and that's this is crazy you're on the go all the time yeah and it's I, the only reason I don't feel like I'm in good shape is because I'm on the go all the time. You haven't so had I'm, the time to like, mentally. Recover. I'm very tired. It's not that I can't do things, but I don't have a lot of energy. Yeah. I don't eat as well as I should. Um, <laughs> um, but the... I know that, and I've accepted it. And <laughs> I'm have, okay. Like, a, with it. a rock hard six pack yet? Underneath the nice big layer of fat, <laughs> sure do. <laughs> I'm gonna be nice and warm this winter. <laughs> um, so the combat though, it's like, it's like. You're doing Choreographed it to music. Yeah, it's and cardio. you're doing it yourself, though, yeah. right? You're not actually not hitting sparring anything. or no. anything like that. Hopefully, you're not hitting anything. Interesting. It happens. Sometimes. And what, what what made you like what? 
How'd you fall for this? Um, so back when I had to stop playing hockey, so my mom's been a member at Good Life for probably like 15 years now. Um, and then when I started university, she started dragging me to like the, the gym at College Square, which is where she was going for one of these classes, um, which was actually called skip circuit at the time. And it's basically like interval training. So you'll mm. skip or do cardio for a minute. Then you'll do a weight station for a minute and you just rotate through all of your, your main muscle groups, which was really great. The instructor was a lot of fun. Um, and she used to teach, she still kind of does teach combat, but not as much, but we ended up going to one of her combat classes um, and like, it was fun. And then sort of kind of tried to add it into my schedule a little bit more. Cause it like, it's a lot of fun and I like challenging things. Like mm-hmm. I get really bored with workouts really easily unless I'm challenged or unless I'm trying something new. Um, so this sort of kind of kept me coming back and then she started to like travel a lot more for work. And then she started getting like her classes subbed out. And then that's when Gavin sort of jumped in and he was subbing, her classes, who I'm actually now very good friends with. He was my mentor when I started, um, when I went through training to be an instructor. Um, and we sort of, we get along really well. Um, he's been like a great coach. And he sort of, I remember probably about a year and a half ago now, was like, hey, we need more combat instructors and we're having quote unquote tryouts um, to send people for training. Like you should really think about going, you know, I think you'd be really good at it. So that was kind of it. And it's always, even when I was a participant, it was something that's, it's always kind of a little bit different. It's always challenging. Um, but I found it really enjoyable. Like I said, I'm kind of an aggressive person. Um, so this lets me channel the aggression. Do you like envision people who you want? Some days, (laughs) some days I do. Oh geez. Um, but, like, we joke about it, and, like, I, like, a lot of people have told me I have the personality for it, which is, like, the same thing with coaching and things like that. Mm. I have a very big personality, which I've been told is a lot sometimes, but, hey, that's okay. I'm not friends with those people anymore yeah, for cool, a reason. I only see you once every, like, eight months. So you, so. Only, you, get, to, you get a break <laughs> from me after, after one day. It's fine. Um, yeah, and I just kind of fell in love with it. It's something that uh, I really enjoy, and it's it's allowed me to meet a lot of new people. Um, I've become a better coach because of it. Like I've become a better coach on the ice mm. um, and in other aspects. And it's a lot of fun and it keeps me going to the gym. It's mm. <laughs> a lot of fun. It's That's... a lot of fun. So you do that and then you like work out on your own. Yeah. And, and I also coach team training at the gym as well <clears throat> because Gavin is the head coach and was like, hey, listen, here's your contract. Sign it, please. And I was like, okay. Interesting. <laughs> when do you want me to work? Does it, like, do you just get paid a flat rate or, like, the amount of people who, like, come in? No, we get paid per hour, which is nice. Okay, so, like, if you have 500 people or you have that's would be scary. 50 people. Um, yeah, it's more along the lines of, like, 20 versus, like, 5, but sure. Okay, so you don't need Those to, like, are plug to get, like, a no. whole bunch of people in. They used to, apparently they used to do that, but they don't anymore. Which is very nice of them. We get um, paid. Be regardless. fun. Why wouldn't you want like five hundred people? Well, it would be fun, but it's also a lot of pressure. Nah. A lot of people pay attention to. I gotta like watch what's going on while I'm coaching and I'm exercising at the same time. Oh, do you have to like fix people's form and stuff? Oh, yeah. okay. I don't oh. just like close my eyes and be like, okay, keep well, going. Well, I thought you just like you follow me, and if you're not doing it right, like sucks to be you. No, like, I coach for an hour, and like I talk through it. I mean. Whether people listen or not is a different story. Well, I feel if you're paying for it, you you probably have more of a... 
You would think. Active base. You would think. Um, there are some people that have been doing it for years, and you're like, no, your other left. No, your other, no, your other left. Not my right. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, like, I don't really know my rights and my lefts anymore because when I'm on stage, my right is actually left. So when I'm like, hey, everybody go left, I'm pointing right right now for me, but I am everyone's mirror. So now when I'm on the ice, it's and I'm like, you're right foot, and I have to, like, stop and, like, left foot, think about right it. Yeah, I still have to go right, left, and then put the L out. I'm like, what? How old are you? 26. Come on, Ryan. No, sometimes. Just like I, like I just, you know. Um, lesson. We went uh, almost an hour and a half. Is that all? That's all. We could probably keep going. Oh, we could. But because also, we only see each other twice a Yeah, day. I really have to pee, though. Of so. course you do. <laughs> so thank you for coming on. Is thank there anything you'd like to plug? Oh, I give everyone an opportunity to plug something. Um, Sign up for First Shift because uh, it's so much shift. fun. So basically, I'll give you a little spiel. So basically, the First Shift is for kids between the ages of 6 and 10 that have never been enrolled in a minor hockey association before to come out, try the sport. We're going to get you fit head to toe with brand new Bauer hockey gear. You're going to get skates, a helmet, a and you get to keep it by the time you're done you're going to get six on ice sessions that are developed and practiced through hockey canada so the coaches don't really figure it out on their own we give them programs to run on the ice and then you essentially get to join minor hockey at a discounted rate hmm. um come join good life <laughs> it's 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 great see your smiling face i teach uh tuesday mornings at 6 45 it's disgusting at queen's view um, and Thursdays right now at 9.30 a.m. at Eagleson out in Canada and 7 p.m. at Queensview for I'm, 45 minutes only. Uh, I'm thinking about getting a membership at Queensview. At Queensview? Don't go to Queensview. Why? Mm. Is it really busy? No, it's just older people. Yeah, then they won't touch the equipment I need. Yeah, they will. It's old people and juice monkeys. What's the best one to go to then? Eagleson. That's far from I know, workout. but I live there. <laughs> Literally, you can get a cot with me and Jen. You know Jen. She was at my house. She's the one from Carlton Place. Oh yeah. She also she basically runs the gym. Really? Yeah. She's not the manager, but she should be. She pretty much does everything okay. and keeps the gym running. Interesting. Anyways. Where can people follow you? Because you um, have a great Instagram when you're traveling. Do and you're I? leaving in two weeks. I'm leaving in two weeks. But I'm staying in Ontario, so it's not gonna be as exciting. Um, my, what is my Instagram? <laughs> I know it's Mads, but I don't, uh, I think it's Mads 18 underscore. It's real old and I don't know what it is. Um, come on Instagram. Yeah, it's Mads. So M-A-D-D-S 18 underscore. And it's full of nice fun pictures from all my traveling right now. Uh, I'm also on Twitter. I think at the same thing, but my Twitter's Your Twitter's much more aggressive. Is it? And it has a lot more dogs. Obviously. It's just like you <laughs> complaining or something. Most of the time, yeah. I can be real passive aggressive and say whatever I want and then go back a week later and delete it and realize it. Excellent. Well, That's pretty much it. Thanks for coming on, bud. Thanks for having it's me, been, even uh, though we talked about this three months ago and it finally happened. Like I said, trying to picture and nail you down where you are in the world at that point. Yeah. I was like, hey, maybe you shouldn't come on this week. Nope. And then you're like, no, I'm in Arizona. <laughs> like, uh, uh, what? Uh, okay. Okay, maybe that, next year. That was, okay, cool. It was a really last minute trip. I'm really happy I decided to go. It was lots of fun. Oh, perfect. All right, thanks, bud. Bye. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. 
I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.